0: Hello, you mad as hatters, March hares. It's Chappy, your British but the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 171. Happy weekend to you. Hope you're having a lovely time. Hopefully, you've slipped on your most fluffiest insoles today. But I think today, for me, here in Colorado, it's fluffy insult day. I mean, the last two mornings, I think it's becoming like Groundhog Day. And the Groundhog did see its shadow. So we've had the harshest of the last couple of weeks here, where you had uh, minus two degrees Fahrenheit. Then it went up to 70. And then back to minus two the last days, and about six inches of snow. So you need the fluffy insoles here. All this bunkum about March being spring like. Well, you may be having spring, but I've seen no crocuses, no daffodils. Uh, no snowdrops, and I guess snowdrops uh, love the snow. That's how they like to grow and flourish in the snowy climes, but um, none of that it hasn't really felt like spring at all. So hopefully you're getting a warmish spring day. Wouldn't it be lovely to like sit outside in a pub by the river? I think it may be the complete angler in Norwich, right up by the station if it still exists, so that's always a lovely place to go right by the river there there's another one though the red lion i think is it in surrey uh, or guildford near godalming maybe and now that is the best pub in the world you've got sort of the rolling sort of south downs i believe um behind you beautiful garden very very old probably georgian pub and now that's the place to sit outside and have a, a lovely pint a pint and a pie. I mean, it feels like that, doesn't it? St. Patrick's Day, nearly. It feels like sort of pint and pie day. Pint and a Cornish pasty would be rather lovely right now. Although I've become rather fond of the uh, chicken and mushroom slice. That's why one of my probably one of my favourites of all. How do you get your gravy not to ooze out of the pie? Because nothing worse than a dry old pie. I mean, I guess that's why with <clears throat> pork pies they, they they give that gelatin. That awful gelatin that I always have to remove from the pork pie. I mean, Americans are pretty listening. You've got gelatin in the pork pie? Yeah, there's gelatin in the pork pie. It holds it together. But I have to remove it. You know, I take my meat out. No. (laughs) And I take the gelatin. And then I put the meat back into the pie. There's the gelatin, that gelatinous type of... I mean, get that rounded chops. I mean, that I do love... I love a, like a strawberry jelly or something. A little bit of whipped cream on there. All the orange jelly with the little oranges in there. Can you remember that? We used to have that at school. But yeah, that gelatinous thing in the pork pie. Gelatinous porky tasting is, uh, is not one of my favorite things. I did find out in the week, though. And here we go. I mean, you have to see this podcast is a little bit of a relief, pure escapism. That's what you want to see the podcast now. So as we're talking about the that awful gelatinous, it came from the, like the pig's trotter, didn't it? Is that where gelatin comes from? Now, I don't mind a tapioca or a panettone uh, or anything sweet with that sort of uh, gelatinous type of thing. That Yeah, the old pork pie. No, no, Matron, no. <laughs> Yes, no, no. So, like, going from Winston Churchill to Frankie Howard there. And that is a big shift. <laughs> going from, well, yes, no. And we fight them on the beaches. Yes, no, Matron. Oh, ooh, We fight them on the beaches. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I need to um, retune and redefine and slightly fine-tune my uh, Frankie Howard and uh, Winston Churchill impressions but anyway St Patrick's Day pie day lots of mashed potato lots of lovely meaty gravy maybe an oniony gravy that's what we're looking for and I think we need some limericks don't we this weekend I know there's people like groaning right now oh no not more dirty limericks chap, eh? yes we have some more dirty limericks if you can't pull out a dirty limerick at this time of year, when can you pull out a dirty limerick? The panini press is the answer to all of life's little problems. Now I can't solve the big problems, but I think a panini press could help you feel better. If you're talking about mindfulness, if you're talking about feeling positive, pressing two pieces of bread and a bunch of cheese between two hot irons Will make you feel a whole lot better about the world. Now, the problem is, it's so wondrous because I mean, it cooks bacon. You can you can even like squeeze in a large sausage, and press those hot irons down on the large sausage. That sounds like some sort of medieval torture device. No, you can do that. It, I mean, it has many different things that it can do for you. But the biggest problem, though is the sort of fried egg sandwich so the fried egg sandwich with some cheese becomes slightly problematic it's almost like a olympic gymnastics event because first of all you have to and i want two eggs in my sandwich here you first of all you have to the bread very soft so you have to butter it on the outside and then it's getting those uh raw eggs onto the bread and balancing On the bread without spilling off onto the panini maker. Now this is never gonna win any award for presentation. I warn you now if you're making an egg sandwich on the panini press it won't do that but if you indent the bread a little bit with your fingers and provide some sort of receptacle for the egg and the yolk to basically sit almost like a small saucer placed into the bread and then you crack the eggs very very carefully it has to be incredibly carefully and you balance them like a gymnast on the high beam onto the bread. And then very thin, thin slices of uh, cheese uh, pressed onto the other piece of bread. And then you slowly lower the other buttered piece of bread with the cheese on top of the bread that has the indentations, the saucer-like effect with the uh, eggs and egg yolks, etc. And then you carefully... I know I'm very heavy-handed, like a bull in the proverbial china shop, but then you carefully place the hot iron down, and with the hot iron, you you clasp the bread, and it starts to cook. It sort of squeezes them together, and you've got a beautiful egg sandwich. But don't press it down too much, or you're going to explode those yolks, and the yolks will drip into the tray, and you're going to miss all the goodness there. So you, with the delicacy, the deli- delicacy of a probably a pastry chef, carefully lower the um, the panini press down onto the onto the uh, toasted egg sandwich. You don't want it pressing too hard. Now, if you do it in the right sort of way, you're going to have a lovely egg sandwich. But as I said, some of the eggs are going to ooze out. There's no there's no problem no worries about that and uh, it's going to be cascading out of the sides so you're not going to have a very pretty egg and cheese sandwich but by gosh by golly it's going to taste bloody delicious so some of the things that we may or may not be talking about on the podcast today is uh i'm going to tell you the tale of a lost pug and a big old reefer a big old joint yes That is going to be part of our little tales today. Also a superhero pizza, or more specifically a calzone. One of my dreams when I became a sporting hero, can crickets really tell the temperature outside? Uh, We have some rate my plates. I think we're gonna have some limericks tomorrow. The surprising effect that too much nutmeg can have on you. Uh, And uh, is breakfast really the most important meal of the day for all day energy? This is what the science says. We do have some Trump or trombone, uh, but I did want to say that uh, if you like to sit in a recliner naked watching a movie, eating ice cream and Doritos, minding your own business, and then effing Walmart calls the cops. So this is an extremely rare situation. A box of human heads were stolen from a Denver truck. The box was on its way back to the science care, a company that facilitates tissue donations to medical research and educators. The Denver Police Department is asking for the public's help finding the person responsible for the theft of a box of human heads. Police said they received a report Thursday of a theft of a dolly. I mean, are we talking about the thing that probably transports or wheels the heads around? Or are we talking about a dolly like a Ken doll or a Barbie doll? because i mean you wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to open up a box of dolly heads either that could be quite creepy yeah. the box from the freight company truck was parked at the block of east 23rd avenue in central city park the denver police said it happened around 2:30 p.m so a little bit of afternoon head delight the box is blue and white with a label that says exempt human specimens so are these heads past their sell-by date i'd feel that way sort of Pretty constantly uh, now, I'm over 45. The box belonged to the science care company facilitating tissue donations. Recently, an incident occurred in the Denver area where a sealed box containing donated tissues was stolen from a secured truck operated by third parties specializing in the logistics of donated tissues, says Tressa Hammett, the CEO. This is an extremely rare situation. We appreciate the attention the media has brought to it. The missing cardboard box, yeah, just take a note with a pencil here, is white and blue and says Science Care, and it has a Science Care logo. The, the stolen box of human heads is intended for medical uh, and research and could face some unexpected charges on top of the theft. There's an argument that could be made that these heads were simply disposed or thrown away in the trash. That's an abuse of the corpse. It's a felony in Colorado. And I was just saying to my love here, um, she sent this article to me. So thanks for always giving me content anybody would lose their head in this situation. Um, And I said, well, that's one way to get ahead in life. So the story of the lost pug. So this was the first snowstorm of the week. We had a snowstorm uh, Wednesday into Thursday. We did have one on Sunday though. So I walked my dogs. It was coming down really, really hard. Got back to Chappie Tower, started walking along and the dogs were acting really weird, skittish. Uh, looking behind, growling. I thought, what the hell's going on here? So we had the situation where this tiny puppy pug was following us. And it was getting a little bit too close to my dog. They were getting protective of me. I mean, the pug was probably about three or four months old, something along those lines. And as I kept walking back to Chappie Towers, the pug was following me relentlessly, right behind, running around. And i thought well what am i going to do i need to get my dogs i got my dogs back into Chappie towers got them secured fire going lovely and warm and then i thought i need to try to do something about this pug i need to be the hero today i can't let this pug with all freeze to death in the in the winter's cold here so i went outside and the pug was still like sniffing around and then i tried to capture across the puck i was chasing after it Every time I got close, that pug had you know a pretty good turn of speed. It was running away from me, so it was nervous and running away, running away, and I uh, basically chased this pug through the snow-covered tundra. Snow coming down, I had snow in the hair, snow all over the Harris Tweed cap. It was encrusted into my uh, into my hood as well. I mean, it was it was pretty bad out there, freezing. Eventually, though. And all, most dogs are pretty tempted by treats. I got a little treat out, and the dog was tempted. And I managed to, I managed to, to carry the pug. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I thought, well, I'm going to have to take this back to the apartment and, um, you know, talk to the doggy rescue on the phone. Anyway, as I was going back to the apartment, all of a sudden there was this. Um, I think it was a Ford. The door opened, and. Billowing smoke. It was almost like there was an electing a pope. Billowing acrid smoke. So thick and pungent. The smell of the Colorado weed, I tell you. And it was billowing out of this car. I mean, whoever was in there was probably uh, basically smoking her own trout, so to speak. And I said, that's my... Uh, mm, hi good evening that's my that's my pug I said are you sure but I mean she probably wouldn't know a pug from Captain Pugwash from a Corgi to a Border Collie to a St. Bernard I mean you could have brought a St. Bernard with a cognac round its neck and she would probably still think that was her dog she was way out she was as high as a kite and I said, oh, okay. I mean, the dog jumped out of my uh, arms and uh, went into the car. So I thought, well, she, obviously the pug's pretty comfortable with this lady here. And then we I mean, smoke was still bellowing. It took me five days to get the smell of this, uh, of this pot out of, my, uh, out of my jacket. And it, it sticks to the faux fur of the hood. That's one thing. I mean, I, I don't, certainly don't recommend fur coats or anything. But even if you have a faux fur the smoke from a big old joint sticks to the uh, sticks to the fur and, and i have to tell you that the snow laden chase for a mile uh was uh, was very unfortunate luckily because it was so icy did have firm footing underneath with the yak tracks on but then i had the unfortunate inhale of the uh, said marijuana and i too for the rest of the evening felt very, very light on my toes, uh, as high as a kite, and, (laughs) I tell you, incredibly relaxed for a Sunday night, I have to say. But anyway, as the pug jumped into the the car, the lady got into the car, and the last thing she said to me was, oh, thank you so much for rescuing my dog. You have a nice accent. So the surprising effect, too much nutmeg, can have on you who doesn't love a little bit of nutmeg if you ever tasted spice you probably come to associate it with fall themed pastries such as pumpkin pie gingerbread apple cake and commonly all contain nutmeg also found in eggnog as well according to spruce eats nutmeg comes from the indonesian evergreen tree called the mistrika fragrant that's a very mysterious sounding tree the uh Mistrika, fragrant. Nutmeg forms the inner part of the tree's seed, while other spice mace forms the outer part of the seed. After the seeds are dried in the sun, the nutmeg will rattle inside the mace and the two spices can be separated from each other. Nutmeg is sold both whole and powdered is the less intense of the two spices, featuring a warm, sweet and delicate flavor and aroma that makes it a favorite for baked goods. But it's true, if you ingest too much nutmeg, it can get you high. So I've got people out there like basically sprinkling nutmeg onto the desk and s- snorting it up with a straw or one of those old fashioned uh, silver pewter straw receptacles that you might have. But it can make you high. Although a better term might be poison because the health effects are unpleasant. According to the Healthline, the technical term for nutmeg high is nutmeg intoxication. It includes symptoms of hallucinations, drowsiness, dizziness and confusion. Literature on nutmeg intoxication goes back to at least the 1500s when a pregnant woman who ate more than 10 nutmegs fell very ill. Over time, the world grew privy to the dangers of consuming too much nutmeg, but it wasn't until the 1800s, according to Healthline, that the researchers found the reason why. Mistrican, a natural compound found in many plants that can affect the central nervous system, is the culprit, and the nutmeg contains very, very high amounts. You might think you have to ingest incredibly high amount of nutmeg to get intoxicated, but... Uh, but the doses indicated in reports in the nutmeg poisoning variety the Netherlands journey of I mean who would trust the Netherlands journal of medicine they're probably writing the Netherlands journal of medicine whilst consuming a pot brownie I mean it's incredibly it's very possible a 37 year old internist who added about two teaspoons of nutmeg to her dinner at a conference. The next morning, she couldn't find the dining hall in her hotel and didn't recognize her colleagues who so rushed her into the emergency room. discharged without a diagnosis, the internist later discovered the cause of the symptoms, which subsided in 36 hours. Small amounts of nutmeg can be safely and deliciously consumed, but anything approaching two teaspoons of serving may experience some scary consequences. I mean, it reminds me of the chap who ate too much cinnamon. I don't know if you've seen this. just look up on YouTube, when cinnamon challenge goes wrong and you've got an older man uh, from Canada, I believe, eating cinnamon. Let's just hear basically what happens.
1: Now you see what this is, this is a bottle of cinnamon. Cinnamon is some sort of a powder that you put into cakes and it makes them taste nice, that's fine. This is A tablespoonful of cinnamon. Now somebody's tried to tell me that putting a full spoonful, uh, and this is not a full spoonful, it's a tablespoonful of cinnamon in your mouth at once is impossible. And I've seen all these younger people than me who's shoving this stuff in their mouth and then (laughs) they're all over the place because they can't take it. Well believe me, I've faced worse than tablespoonfuls of cinnamon during my life. People have thrown things at me all my life and all my life I've butted them away or taken the challenge. I'm gonna take the challenge now. This is one of the fullest tablespoonfuls of cinnamon I've seen in the various challenges that I've seen recorded. Mine's going to be the best of all and I bet you I won't even balk, okay? I won't even balk because I've been trained to take pain, okay? I've taken pain all my life. Here we go. I'm told there should be an explosive reaction that won't be from me. I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one. <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: How do you know when you're officially old Matt Rudd in the Times talked about this on Sunday even until last Thursday he said I could convince myself I was young not just young at heart but properly just out of shorts young even though everybody who knew the phrase just out of short shorts must be a grandpa I'm 46 well I'm just telling nearly 45 technically closer to 60 than 30 but 30 was always five minutes ago 60 is utterly inconceivable So these are some of the reasons and some of the things that really represent and shows you that you're getting old. Number one, I've changed the way I get out of bed. It wasn't planned. It just happened. For the first 16,790 days of my life, it's been impressive. Spontaneous one-move affair, either a roll, a crawl, or rare occasions, a joyful leap. But last Thursday, it became organized process after some minutes of contemplation, Think here of a triple jumper before his run-up, And as the crowd slow-caps encouragement, I take a deep breath and sit up and I swing my feet around into my slippers. Then minutes later, I stand. This is the real clincher. Right on. Right on. At number two, still in my slippers last Thursday, I booked a boiler service. I accept I've been bleeding radiators and cleaning gutters for years, but the warning sign no young person has ever arranged a boiler service. Number three, a wise man once told me to avoid the post-p dribble. You shake as normal, twice, three times at most, and then put it away again in a flash and whip it out again. But it becomes harder as you get older. It becomes more dribble. Anyway, number four, technology is a way to carbon date a person. You can tell this when he doesn't know instinctively when to double click and when to single click. He'll single click on an icon and he'll double click print which if you try to talk to them over a task over the phone, usually ends in tears. Not even Bill Gates has ever seen this before. I do not know instinctively when to single click and when to double click. I used to eye roll as stories that pop up from time to time. Disgruntled viewers complain about mumbling on BBC drama. Who has time to complain? Old people. Then last blooming Thursday, I caught myself trying to lip read Death in Paradise because there was... Mumbling. And also with Death in Paradise, which is an older fogey show anyway, if you're falling asleep halfway for a show that starts at seven o'clock, you are officially old. So I remembered a dream the other day. Now, this is a record for me. I remembered two dreams this week, actually. Um, but the first dream was incredibly bizarre. So, in the middle of a very, very deep slumber, I think I started dreaming that. I had reached the final of a major sporting competition. You're thinking, well, what do you think it is, Chappie? Crown green bowls, uh, putting the ball into the clown's mouth, crazy golf style. I can see myself probably winning that there. Uh, maybe, you know, a little bit of petanque. The uh, French bowls with the uh, where you flick it out the back of your wrist here while supping some Bordeaux wine that's probably my, my style as well maybe croquet I have a fabulous huge foot that is excellent during the roquet during croquet yeah but none of those are the things that I dreamt about I dreamt that I'd reached the Australian Open tennis final yes and you're thinking well well you kind of been playing against Djokovic because uh Djokovic was uh, was absent, he d- didn't want to take the booster shot, we were playing Nadal, no 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 no, I was playing in the ladies edition of the Australian Open final, yeah, and I was wearing a skirt, and it wasn't a long sort of willowy skirt, it was an incredibly short skirt that really didn't leave too much to the imagination, yeah, not, uh, not very good here, and then I know before the final, I decided to shave and wax my legs. Because I didn't want to look too mannish. So I had very, very smooth legs. But, you know, I had a sort of cleavage shirt that was dropping, showing off my manly chest hair. So I was smooth down below, but like a, a yeti up top. And I started playing this tennis game. And like people were muttering in the crowds. Well, who is this guy? He, he, he looks a little bit mannish to be playing in the ladies' final. So there was me in uh, in my skirt, beautifully shaved legs, and I was playing old star with a wooden racket, probably with the old catgut skin uh, strings. That's that's how I probably like to roll. Uh, with an incredibly short skirt, that um, I, I don't think I was wearing the long shorts as well. So there could have been all sorts of problems going on during the fight. I can't remember who I was playing, uh, how if I was winning or not. I know I was like doing 1980s serve volleying, uh, but the crowd was mumbling the entire time. That's a man's man, baby. And we have a grisly 18th century love note sewn. With human hair to be displayed at the London Museum. Anna Maria Radcliffe likely embroidered the message with the hair of her husband, James Radcliffe, who was executed in 1716 for rebelling against the King of England. After her husband was executed in 1716, Anna Marie Radcliffe sat down to do some embroidery, but she used unusual tools. For cloth, she used the bedsheet from the Tower of London Prison, and for thread, she used human hair possibly plucked from his severed head. This embroidered bed sheet is an extraordinary item that would have taken months to create. The care and devotion speaks to Anna's personal devastation and remarkable character, determined to protect the memory of her husband. James was sent to the Tower of London to await his beheading. Although Anna joined in there, James also sent a lovely dearest, worldly treasure and urged her to be courageous and not melancholy it was lovely to think that they were lying together beneath this sheet noting that the sheet didn't look too worn as it had only been used uh, for his four month stay during the tower of london uh, following james's execution at the age of 26 his heart was sent to the augustine convent mary maria uh, anna maria was given the body with his head sewn back on the bedsheet that Anna Maria had embroidered with human hair lived on generations of James supporters and other activists guarded over it for centuries until the Museum of London obtained it in 1934. The uh, They failed in 1715 to place the old pretender James Stuart, son of the deposed Catholic King James II and James VII of England and Scotland, on the throne, and his son Charles Edward Stuart led the next Jacobite rebellion. However, Stuart also suffered a bloody defeat. Indeed, the bedsheet represents one of England's violent history. It will be part of the executions exhibit. I mean, that's only one for only one for the uh, connoisseurs and probably those with a very, very dark sense of humour. The exhibit will also display other items from 700 years of executions in England, such as the clothing worn by Charles I, as his beheading uh, in 1649, a gallows recreation and letters written by the condemned. I mean at least the bed has a high thread count in more ways than one. Stephanie Matto, the 90-day fiancé, sold her jarred flatulence for a thousand dollars a piece and made over two hundred thousand in two-month venture while substituting and subsisting on a diet of yogurt, eggs, and beans, and ended up in hospital when she thought she was having a heart attack. Stephanie Matto is an influencer, YouTube author, and former star of The 90 Day Fiancé. She recently launched a new business venture after realizing demand was high for a rather unorthodox product. This November, she found lucrative part-time work bottling and selling her own farts until things went terribly wrong. For two months, she spent her days farting into glass jars with flower petals, adorning the inside and shipping them to fans. Remarkably, Mato was making $50,000 a week in December, though the fart sales alone sold more than $200,000 worth of farts worldwide. But in January 2021, Mato was hospitalized what she thought was a heart attack, but turned out to be a dangerous buildup of gas inside her body from her flatulence-inducing diet. Her fart-selling diets were behind her. So uh, Stephanie Matter came of age with the social media platforms like Twitter, uh, Instagram, and also uh, TikTok. She was cast on the 90 Day Fiancé spin-off, 90 Day Fiancé, before the 90 days. And uh, basically, some cynical fans believe that she merely joined a 90 Day Fiancé to bolster her YouTube channel. And whatever her motivations, Matto has nonetheless done very very well. In addition to her 373,000 YouTube subscribers and presence on Instagram and TikTok, she's written books and founded the adult content site Unfiltered. After Stephanie received a fan request on a new site for a child of $1,000 in November, she realized there was money to be made according to IFL signs. She began regularly satisfying these requests and even offering discounts during the holiday season. I mean, yeah, I think you would charge more for her, like, a cranberry-laden, uh, turkey-flavoured Christmas fart, wouldn't you? At one point, she sold 97 jars in two days. But then, uh, she think her main, her main motivation was money, although she thought it'd be hilarious publicity move and would get a lot of people's attention. Uh, Mato was ultimately accountable for the demand and changed her diet to satisfy it she almost exclusively ate beans, eggs, and protein muffins. One day she had three protein shakes and a large bowl of black bean soup merely to produce the gas that she needed. As luck would have it, once I put the jars up for sale, they started setting like hotcakes or hot farts. I honestly could not believe the demand a lot of people have this fetish in secret. Anyway, she, uh, she then had to check herself into hospital. The incident in early January 22nd began with chest pains and resulted in an anxiety attack and ended in retirement. I could tell something was not right. When I was laying in bed, I could feel pressure on my stomach moving up, which is quite hard to breathe. I felt a pinching sensation around my heart and the anxiety began to escalate. The physicians urged matter to change her diet and prescribed a medication to suppress the gas. I mean, now she could probably advertise and promote Wendy's. The the world caught wind of this in January the 4th, and the 31st, 31-year-old announced that she would no longer be farting into jars and shipping them around the country. So she's going to remain very generous. She plans to donate a portion of her income, hopefully not that portion, to a charity that focuses on gastric disorders and results for intending to pivot to selling digital NFTs of farts instead of the real whiffs. I've had a real penchant recently to get a portrait painted of my dog George in full military regalia uniform with medals and all and a monocle. I just wanted to ask, so what's what's wrong with having this perfect oil painting uh, with, or maybe George in tweed or something? I mean, having that embossed and hung on the wall here would be rather, uh, rather fantastic here. And I sort of, you know, living the bachelor life, new chappy towels, I thought I'd get a couple of James Bond posters and put them up. And you know, I'm getting like, well, you're not sort of 18 years old anymore. It's not like I'm putting up the picture of that girl in a tennis skirt, scratching her bottom, that every sweaty teenage boy had in the 1970s and indeed 1980s. I really do recommend that Stephanie Mato. If she's going to go back to a black bean protein diet with raw well i think it's cooked boiled eggs so a meat methane lusted diet then she should really consider getting the i think it's the original source origins tingly mint shower gel because one thing's for sure if you have a sore posterior from eating totally too many beans over the over the years here and like, you know, her internet business and making a lot of money. If you have that sort of problem, then this very, very tingly tea oil and mint shower gel will act as wonders for you. This will be a life-changing event for you. You'll just take a finger of the of the, uh, the original source shower gel. Now rubbing it into your face under a warm shower is almost an invigorating sensory experience, but now don't wash the lower areas, yes, at the front, don't wash men and women, do not do that, the, the tingle will be too much to bear, but if you're washing your bottom, then use the original source shower gel, it'll give you a whole new experience, something you've never felt before. And you have that wonderful feeling of complete clean... I mean, everything will feel frozen, icy cool, and as clean as a whistle. I'd like to introduce to you, the Bone. Okay, so, movie goes. In Austin, Texas, got to see one type of bat during a screening of Batman this weekend. The actual bat was spotted swooping around inside the theater, putting the movie on pause while management called the Animal Control and tried unsuccessfully to get the critter out. Guests were also offered their money back, but chose to stick it out and watch the film Bat and All according to the moviegoer, The movie house is in Sinopolis, uh, says the Bat was likely released into the theater as a prank. The theater's general manager, Heidi Denno, says she'll be adding additional security and checking all bags upon guest entry. I mean, what are you doing? Are you putting the bag of popcorn and putting the bat inside the popcorn, or what is going on here? There are no reports of anybody being bitten during the incident. that less than 1% of bats in the wild have rabies. Well, isn't that a relief? As it as it spews out of the bag of caramel corn, or whatever it is. I don't think even bats would like the butter-flavoured, salty popcorn, would they? I think they would go for the probably more the kettle corn. I think bat, look, bats do like the sweets, or am I thinking of uh, hummingbirds? Now, maybe you think of hummingbirds, like the, uh, like this, like that taste of dripping honey. But anyway, the only thing scarier than the bat flying around in the movie theater with the new the Batman movie is 1960s Robin in lycra.
1: Holy birthday cake! Holy headache! Holy ball and chain!
0: And it was a quelling experience for all. Percy the porcupine puppet of prodigious proportions emerged from a giant stump school for an audience of schoolchildren and media members at Los Angeles on Tuesday. The adorable beast inspired oohs and ahs as she blinked her droopy eyes and opened her mouth to show her buck teeth. She stood nearly two stories tall with a nose the size of a Volkswagen. I think that's how I was described. Anyway, a joint project at the San Diego S- uh, School Wildlife Alliance and Jim Henson's Creature Shop, Percy's were let out to celebrate next year's opening of the zoo's new wildlife explorer's base camp. Six months into planning, the puppet is modelled on the prehistoric tail porcupine native to South America. It's a circumference of nearly 40 feet, 12 meters have of 2,000 foam quills, that took a house worth of paint to put stripes on. Zoo's spokesman said we've done some fantasy creatures a little bigger, but in terms of duplicating an animal, it's the biggest we've ever done. I mean, the porcupine's bosses do not mind the character giving some cr- the crowd some needle, but just don't be a prick. And in Las Vegas, more than 30 people who ate at a Thai restaurant in Las Vegas have reported getting sick, the Southern Nevada Health District said on Friday. Health officials are investigating what led up to what they called an unusual illness. Patrons of the Secret of Siam restaurant located at the Centennial Center Boulevard reported increased heart rates, blurred vision disorientation loss of consciousness and numbness or tingling uh, within the hours of the restaurant are not talking about increased numbers of msg a phone number for the restaurant which was closed since earlier this month rang unanswered the health district is asking anybody who ate there in january or february to take a survey on its website las vegas police have fielded some reports of the illness some customers have told local news outlets they suspect the food was tainted with THC, the compound in cannabis that produces the high sensation. The Thai high may sound fun, but just don't try the pot stickers. Such a trip having you here today. Lovely for joining the podcast episode 171 of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Like and subscribe, please. I think it's a very nice thing to do to like and subscribe this podcast because it gives us a little bit of a filler up. It gives us a little bit of a positive push uh, when it comes to doing this every week. And thanks for all of your kind comments and support across Twitter. Which is at Keep Cheese Instagram at Keep and Cauliflower Cheese and all the nonsense that we basically put up there. This isn't red bull, racer, I tell you, it's absolutely rubbish. Anyway, things like that. Uh, so, if you like the audio version of the podcast, where it's basically me uh, rabbiting on for about an hour every week or twice a week, actually. Uh, You can listen on Apple Music, you can listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Breaker, Slacker, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, all of them. If you just like me and only me talking with no musical interruptions, if you like musical interruptions, then the Butler Emporium playlist edition of the podcast is on Spotify too. And this week you can hear such music as The Spiral Staircase, Richard Hawley, you can have some prints, You can have some Robbie Williams Stereophonics. You can have also some Q-Tip. <laughs> Coming up next, we have the poem. This is called St. Patrick's Day. It's manny and manny a year gone by From Wavera hailing a sprig of by With a clear blue sky I came to this country a-sailing My heart bait within with a rollicking tune on my breast was a shamrock adorning when I touched the ground sure the bands all around played St. Patrick's glad day in the morning good luck to the ship that brought me across here and in God's country was landed for never a time without a dollar or dime have I found myself empty-handed I've got a snug little home that shelters us all where no landlord faces waning and I hail a delight with the day follows night St. Patrick's glad day morning my heart often wanders back to the old sod and the dear ones leaving me behind and while others above I should this land I love sure it's not to go back I'm grieving I love the air free air in this blessed land where I can look back on royalty scorning and all the bands play I can welcome the day St Patrick's glad day in the morning. I will be back again before the weekend with some Blarney of the English variety. I think a lot of bigger cities will be getting back to some normality, the St. Patrick's Day. And I do hope they'll be dying the Chicago River green, because I tell you something, if you want a big party, St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is one of the best. But until next time, cheerio.